Welcome to Yeah Nah Look, the Aussie Rules podcast. I'm your host, Reese Crawford, and I'm joined today by Adam Collins and Paul Jones. How are we doing today, boys? Good. Very well. <laughs> doing well. Excited to be back after back. a short delay. After five years. Excited to be back after a sabbatical. Bit of a sabbatical, you know, people have kids now. It's really weird. There's not enough comebacks in, in the AFL anymore. It's been a long time since someone's made a comeback. We need someone who's come. Rancy, Alex Rance, come back. Make a comeback. He, he looked like it. he was due for one. He can do it. He was young when he retired. He can yeah. come back. He looks like Still he, good looking. Looks like it might have been on the cards last year, but uh, I don't know. You reckon um, a lot of people, you know, retiring and playing in local leagues now. Do you reckon maybe local footy will have a bit of a bit of a resurgence you know it'll go it'll be above afl everyone's just Everybody's gonna go gonna down be, to jubilee reserve yeah. and watch instead of heading could happen could happen i reckon hodgy to come back off the sidelines one day just start taking someone just break someone's neck he's been in a bit of a paddock hodgy i think i don't know what kane corns would say i don't know but it wouldn't be good hodgy's the kind of guy that you know he could be high you know he's you know one of the best halfbacks to ever play the game and yeah pack on a few pounds and just put him at full forward and kick probably better. Goals a in game. fairness probably the last comeback we've already gone way off topic the last <laughs> comeback that probably was a successful one that i can think of was probably stewie jew who he is the paddock mm. he's the whole paddock he was he, he came back and he was instrumental he was in the original paddock like yeah. before before livestock was a thing stewie jew was a paddock yeah <laughs> he was he is the paddock you guys got to remember that hodges from warnable that's true so anything's possible all the paddocks down there yeah <laughs> anyway you're right we have gone way off topic that's a good way to start off the the the, the podcast we got we got a big we got a big agenda today um you know we've been out for five years so we are going to do a year by year recap of the past five seasons can you still say agenda or is that offensive oh i, I don't know that's for a different podcast i think <laughs> um no no we got we're gonna get we're gonna give um we're gonna wrap up the uh, final week of footy like, the last round and then we're gonna go through all the teams give us give every team our own gradings to see how they went uh and then uh, go through, you know, some finals reviews a little bit. You know, we're going to touch on some of the big new, news stories of the uh, of the season, where we think uh, the AFL is going to go next year, um, what we think things are going to look like. So um, let's get stuck into it. What do we think? Uh, what do we think of the last round of, uh, of footy? It was uh, it was well uh, it was well set up. I don't know if it was intent. Well, it wouldn't have been speaking of set up before we did last round of footy. Let's let's introduce our drop of the week because I'm thirsty. Oh, he's keen to get yeah, oh. he's keen to get into it. We're going to do a drop of we well, we always did a drop of the week. Paul was that thirsty? Yeah. He already cracked one. I've got two cans now, but he hasn't drunk it yet. I'm a two can. We're not a um, yeah. we're not a weekly podcast anymore. Um, you know, maybe if people start listening, maybe we will, maybe we'll drop a Good weekly happen. or you know every two weeks or maybe even a monthly podcast. But we're doing a we're doing a big mm. extravaganza today. So our uh, extravaganza drop is the uh, pirate life. Is that a sigh? I've never been known how to say acai. this word. Is it a sigh? Acai, yeah. it's not I've heard people say a sigh. A I think, yeah, chai, a sigh. Yeah, A-C-A-I, that's how you spell it. And passion fruit. <laughs> it's got the words fruit and sour on the side of it, so I'm intrigued. Oh, God. Yeah, anybody who's new it. to the podcast who wasn't listening five years ago, we know absolutely nothing about beer. Um, so our reviews are meaningless. Yeah. Um, We've drunk some beer. We have. Oh, yeah. We have consumed, We've consumed it. I didn't see the part of this can that said sour. It is a sour. So the Risa, primary Risa part of it. our life where we were drinking yeah, that's beers definitely sour. 
the the connoisseur side of beer drinking probably wasn't huge. It was more about the the outcome. Yes, of drinking the beer. We're yes. all about quantity. It's all over about quality drinking. I, you can be forgiven for not knowing this as a sour because where they placed the word sour on yeah. this can is not mm. where you look. It, so you see some the trickery involved. Label direct on, and then you have to twist the can uh, counterclockwise to see the fruit sour uh, yeah. label. To be I actually fair. don't mind it. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, if we were reviewing things properly, there's probably things you'd go through. I like the packaging. I like the look of the can. Yes, the, uh, the it's like a light blue color. It's appealing to the eye. And I actually don't mind the taste of it. Yeah, I quite like good. it. It's, not, like it's not super sour, I don't think. It's yeah. not making me pull a face or anything. It's a, it's a mild sour. I've, I've always been a fan of a sour. It's quite nice. It's actually a mid-strength beer, so it's probably mid-strength sourness oh, too. It's a mid-strength. Did you trick us into drinking a mid-strength beer? Well, no, I just bought it because it was Pirate Life, and I'm pretty sure at one point they were affiliated with Nat Fife, whether it's still current or not. Yeah, I think he's involved. We could, st- we could still be pon- sponsored by Pirate Life if they don't go bust. Whatever, yeah, if you guys want to mention yeah, I just want to mention on the podcast every a great review once here. every five yeah. years. <laughs> just work on your packaging and placement of the word sour. And the we're packaging all good. is good, but yeah, definitely there's room here. Sour could have been written in the Sour same. could have been yeah. better placed, I think. Yeah. Just get rid of the a, a chai. It's like, too hard to say. Just say <laughs> sour and passion fruit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Moving on. Words are hard. Yeah. That was a good. Yeah, that's the. All right. So that's a quality six minutes of not a lot of football talk. But um, let's. Uh, Let's get stuck into the final round of the 2022 AFL yeah. Premiership, Toyota AFL Premiership Ooh. season. That one was free Toyota. Uh, okay. So that one's on me. Um, let's, yeah, let's get stuck into it. So <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it's one of those things where the, uh, the round kind of turns out almost perfect. On that Sunday, you had a lot of... Uh, and a lot of games that were all kind of hinging on one another to yeah. see who did make the finals and who didn't. Um, the yeah. AFL obviously, uh, like, I'd say they planned it well, but you, they couldn't have known exactly how things were going to go. But I think they, they, they generally release the fixture. They have these, like, floating fixtures, and they probably did a little bit of uh, ladder prediction type stuff to, to understand what games were going to be... or. or what might have a bit more stake to it. And I think you could probably have told a few weeks ago that the Carlton-Collingwood game was going to be um, a substantial in terms of the outcome yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Or was it going to be, you know, top four implications, top eight implications? So that was always going to be interesting. Obviously, the Bulldogs game as well. And who else played on the Sunday? Um, St. Kilda, St. Kilda and, and City. Yeah, so again, so St. Kilda won that game and they did actually, they, they gave it a pretty good crack, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they now were in the mix as well. So. And it's interesting as well. Like I think there is the Carlton Collingwood game. There's there's clearly been uh, an eye an eye there to the fact that it's going to shape some of the results and and saving it over to be one of the last games because that's a big market game that usually would probably get a Saturday night or maybe even a Friday night um, appearance. It's the Sunday like that time slot is usually reserved. That's like the Frio Dockers special, like a two forty on a Sunday. Half yeah. people don't care anymore. That's when the Dockers get a lot of their games. But they actually got the Saturday night game uh, this week. And then, um, yeah, they saved some of the Sunday, which I think is because they knew it was going to have a lot at stake. Yeah. Uh, the Friday night game. Yeah, let's start. Yeah, let's start. Because that, that, that had a, that had some, uh, I guess, ramifications on how I guess you saw or how you see, you know, the top eight and uh, 
you know, you know, Brisbane have been in the top four probably, you know, most of the season and they got absolutely pantsed by the Melbourne Demons, 115 to 57. Um, you know, you would have, and I think the AFL probably would have uh, preferred that one be a little bit more of a blockbuster than... Probably uh, expecting to be a big game. <laughs> yeah. Certainly when they fixture this. Um, and, you know, I, I think both teams have been up and down in their form um, throughout the season. Um, and, and so this just goes to show, like, which one is probably... Uh, you know, making a run at the pointy end of the season, at the right end of the season, they're getting their form back. Uh, whereas there's some question marks still about the Brisbane Lions and the brand of football that they that they play doesn't stack up. Or Brisbane's losing form at the wrong time of the season. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's uh could be. I think it's com- I think it's a combination of the two. To be honest, I think um, Brisbane are being shaky towards the end of the season. Um, there's been a lot of criticism about their. Um, you know, them compared to, you know, the Melbournes and the Geelongs that Brisbane aren't as defensive of a team as um, as the best, you know, as as the top four. They're, they're a little bit more of an attacking side and that this is something that would be found out in finals-type atmosphere. And, you know, you could argue that round 23, you know, a couple of weeks out from finals is probably that kind of um, pressure and they didn't stand up to the pressure well enough. Yeah, I think Brisbane's been... Uh... Like, I haven't watched a lot of Brisbane this year. But they're an interesting team that's had, like, since we last, you know, did the podcast. They've been one of the strong teams the past few years. But uh, come finals time, they've been pretty unsuccessful the last few years. They obviously got uh, Chris Fagan in and they stole Lockie Neal from the Dockers. And they had to be an upswing. But I don't know how strong they really are as a team. And I think they've they do have a few older guys that they still sort of rely on in there, like guys like your Daniel Riches and your Zorko and stuff are getting a bit older now. They do have some good young players, no doubt about that, but their forward line's kind of interesting with guys like McStay and Hipwood. Well, they just don't seem to quite, not to go full Dermot Brereton with the just there, but <laughs> they just don't seem to stand up quite as well against the other good teams. Um, they're obviously well coached and they get over the line where they need to, but... They would have been hoping for a better performance. I think clearly the last month or so they've been uh, falling off the wagon a little bit. They're not in great form. It would be surprising to see them all of a sudden turn it on come finals. I don't think it's going to happen. I, no. I mean, who, who are they playing in the first final? We can get into the finals previews yeah, later, we'll but I, I just don't think they're not really primed. This game here, they got smacked by Melbourne who had a bit of a lull in the, like this, the middle third of the season, I'd say. But this last chunk of the season, they've picked back up uh, and gotten themselves going. So they're in good shape, I'd say, heading into the finals now. Paul, did you catch this game? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did not watch a single game of this round. I'm just in it for the the bants, really. For those for those of you uh, for <laughs> those of you unaware, uh, Paul Paul Jones is uh, our, our our resident. Uh, what do we say? Uh, Kelly Kelly Underwood. This special comments. Special Kelly comments. Underwood. I will tell you what a color comments. of a jersey is and. That's about and, uh, it. <laughs> hasn't been following as much football as he probably would. He might have, liked. have some more value in some of the prediction stuff. That's more just like based Overall. off gut feel than reviewing. Yeah. It's hard to review stuff that you haven't yeah. seen. Anybody who's been following the website, I had a few. Uh, uh, I had uh, yeah, no, look versus the ringer where we went up against uh, in the footy chipping against people who had no idea about football. Um, so you know he's kind of on theme with that mm. with that particular uh, 
article. I mean, under, yeah, under the theme of the ringer, my partner even said I'm neurodivergent, so let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move yeah. on. So we had uh, Fremantle getting up by 20 against GWS. Frio had a few players out in that, uh, that game and just managed to, I suppose, squeak past. Then they, they had a little bit of a scare early on in that game. Um, you probably know a little bit more about that as a Frio fan. Yeah, being a resident Dockers fan, obviously watched this game. Uh, from start to finish. And it wasn't a good start. GWS jumped out of the locks well. Of course, old mate Jesse Hogan was going to have a good game against us. We gave him away for pick 200 or something, whatever it was. And I think we're, <clears throat> I still think we're better for it, having gotten rid of him, because the fact is he wasn't able to stay on the park much for us. And I think Jesse's one of those guys that probably benefits from being away from his family and friends, because I think maybe, uh, I don't want to like generalize with his family, family so much of his friends but I think maybe it's not as much of a good influence on him being around his mates being a young lad here I think he gets himself into some trouble we know yep. he's, we know he's got some some stuff that's come up in the media historically where he's gotten in trouble I think he's, he's better off being somewhere out of the way where he can just play footy and he's had a good year uh, for the Giants in fairness to him so he was really good early on the Dockers struggled they didn't have their mojo working and they didn't have much of a forward line happening they Fife pretty much played as a key forward, but first game back after a few weeks out and after a season where he hasn't played much anyway, it was always tough to expect him to come in and just dominate. Uh, and yeah, they tend, like historically, they struggle when <clears throat> they don't have much of a target to kick to in the forward line. They do have pretty good small forwards now, Frio, uh, and eventually they, they got their game working, a bit of run. Jordan Clark was really good in this one. I think he was really good in the derbies. Well. He's had a really good year and been a, an excellent pickup. And I just thought it was, you know, it wasn't the best win of the year, but I think it probably showed maturity in the team that it was one of those games where they could have, last year they probably would have just rolled over and got beat by maybe 50 points or something because I think they were down over 30 at one point. Yeah. Uh, But instead they, you know, they stuck with it. The game eventually turned their way and they were able to capitalize on their opportunities enough to get up and, and have a solid win and do what they needed to do to give themselves a chance to finish in top four, which didn't work out, but they, they still end up at the home final. Um, yeah, I, I think they... Um, position, so. Like, I think they probably showed that because I think a key theme of their year has probably been uh, their forward line being a little bit uh, uh, inconsistent in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, the, the players that they had available at any given time. And, you know, obviously in this game, they had, uh, you know, no lob, no... Tabernacle, no Logue, I believe. Yeah, Logue, Logue didn't play well, this yeah. game, so you know they were able to still make it work, which I think is a good thing. Like, um, you know, as a as a Carlton supporter who's seen too much of Carlton's kind of key spine injured over the last few years, and seeing that have a have an effect, and not having the depth to kind of um, to cover that and still win games. Um, I think it's probably it's probably good for them now that you know they have a couple of weeks off and get those guys back. I think they'll be better for it. Realistically, too, it's GWS, and also so, it's GWS yeah. at the end of the Which season. Surprisingly, but, not that's that's for another segment. Yeah. But I mean, they put you know they put in um, you know they put in a good effort for the yeah. first half. They or came so, to so, play. I think know. the the ground was a big player in the game as well because they played. I think it was Canberra or something, and it was quite. Oh, it looked quite windy. And both teams sprayed some shots in front of goal that you'd probably expect to do a bit better. A lot of shots, I think Michael Walters, it was, had a couple of shots from the same position where he, like, he normally would at least make the distance. 
and he fell well short. And I think it was the wind playing a factor. So the scoreline could have been a bit different for either team uh, if it was played at, like, say, Optus Stadium or whatever. Sco- What's the, is Giant Stadium still square? Whatever the Giant Stadium is. It's probably is like it, the Great Wall Stadium or something now. I think it's... Kennedy? Well, that missed, oh. Yeah, that was... Canberra. Oh, Monica Canberra, Oval. Yeah. Okay. So if, if it was played at a proper oval with, like, big grandstands where the wind is sheltered a little bit when you're having yeah. a shot for goal... The scoreline might have been a bit different because even though looking at the accuracy, it's not too bad, but there was a lot of missed shots that missed completely and went out in the full. So yeah, yeah. that aren't obviously accounted for in just the goals and points uh, category. But yeah, I thought it was a solid win for They did what they needed to do. They're not they're not heading into the finals red hot like they they won this game. They they beat the Eagles like comfortably enough, but again, like they the Eagles were still able to make it a gritty game and challenge them. So they're not like smoking hot. At the moment, but at least they do have some winning form coming in. So, yeah. Um, Gold Coast and North Melbourne um, probably went the way you thought. You'd probably hope North Melbourne would have put up more of a fight in that one. Um, but not a lot. Not a lot at stake, I suppose, um, for either side. Yeah. Um, Top you know, of the table clash, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about that one. Um, you know, we're going to be doing some yeah. te- some. What team- color are the teams, Paul? <laughs> Can you tell us that? North blue and white, and uh, Gold Coast is red and yellow. That's about. As- I actually apologise that I actually said Go- GWS earlier. That, uh, I, I I've got to yeah, yeah. redact that. That's yeah. sorry. The orange team. Yeah. The orange team. The Dockers think- had the orange team referenced in their in their uh, banner <laughs> for the game. It's a classic. Team. It's classic. It's going to live on for a Yeah, we'll move on from that one. I don't think there's much else to say. Um, no. we'll, we'll chat about the teams and their seasons. Um, I think Gold Coast has had a pretty good season, to be honest with you. So um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Next one probably doesn't need much talking about either. Geelong and uh, yeah. the West Coast Top Eagles. Bottom, it's an expected <laughs> kind of result. Yeah. Um, you know, West Coast have just, you know, everybody knows the season that West Coast have had and Geelong likewise. I mean, just did what they had to do. So, yeah, moving on from that one. Yeah. The other one is Essendon and Richmond, I think. Uh, another belting. Another belting. Mm. Seemed to be the theme of this this day, to be honest, like, apart from the Freo and... Sorry, the purple and orange teams clashing. <laughs> Just a belting day. I think... Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, There's a lot of... I think... Oh, I don't know. I'd have to go There back were no surprises, look, but... really, on the Saturday, was there? Basically, every team, if you just looked at ladder position when you're doing your tipping, pretty much the team that was higher on the ladder won and won comfortably... Yeah. That was basically the summary of the Saturday games. Yeah. There wasn't too many surprises. Like the, the probably I'm probably surprised that the showdown, showdown. was such a blowout yeah. because usually usually they're tight. like the derby. Yeah, teams find a little bit extra, and it tends to be more of a gritty game. Hard at the end of the season as well. Who's switched on? Who isn't? Yeah, you know, players probably thinking about off-season surgeries and things like that. You know, yeah. just trying to make it through the game without doing any more damage. And well, I suppose they really showed them that they'll never tear them apart. That's the key to that. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Exactly, they won't. Yeah, Port Adelaide had a little bit of a season, so we'll talk about that, the ups and downs. Let's move to the next, the Sunday. So oh. this is the, this was the big day uh, that had ramifications. Love using that word. Yeah. Um, Hawks and Bulldogs, I got up and watched that, and I thought, geez, the, the, the Hawks might be doing the Blues a favour here. They gave it a go. Um, but it was not to be. I they think Bulldogs just kind of did what they had to do in the, I think it was probably like the last quarter and a half probably where... The Hawks didn't didn't do much else. They uh, they struggled to score, and I think Bulldogs ran over the top of them. Yeah, I mean, as a devout Hawthorne devout, tragic, yes, as as, as they say, um, 
yeah, I've got, there's not really much to say about this game, really. It's just, I think I've got a little bit to say about Hawthorne over the uh, all season, but that's, we'll get into that later. I think the next, the next game is the one where we're going to... That's where we are over that. Now, the big game. Still have, still have Crofts Cook or... Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't cooked anything for a while. I think uh, I have plenty of things to cook, but I think I'll probably just little little micro cooks throughout yeah, the throughout the podcast. Up, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Carlton Collingwood. Um, you know, obviously as a Carlton fan, this was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, though, also as a Carlton fan who's been following this team for you know since I was a child, it's not overly surprising, especially given last week as well against Melbourne, they basically did the same thing again. Um, but you know, if I was objectively talking about this game, I'd say it was a pretty. It was probably the best game in the round. You would mm. you would argue. Um, don't don't be objective. Be subjective. Just oh, yeah, lay it I mean, all out there. Rip. Subjectively, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the the swear words. I think we I think we did discuss that we weren't going to swear. We Keep were, it a bit more clean. The profanities. We're going to keep it clean now that Richard White, uh, former member of the out. team, is not here to to oh, ruin it. That's disappointing. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, this game was an absolute cracker. I think, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you can argue Carlton did not come to play uh, in the first half, and then that they 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 were in a winning position based on one quarter of football. Carlton were, um, you know, maybe a little bit in the second quarter they kind of wrestled it back, but it was really that third quarter. Carlton did not score in the first quarter or the last quarter. They did not kick any goals. I think they scored six points in the last quarter, and yeah. Uh, a couple in the first, but no, they they were goalless in the first and last quarter of that game, and were one, lost by one point based on you know one and a half quarters worth of football, which is pretty good. But they did shit the bed. Sorry again, uh, in the uh, in those final seconds, unfortunately. Right. Paul has just cracked into his second can of the drop. <laughs> I mean, you enjoyed the ex- first can, Paul. It's hard sour. to tell because you just you're a fast drinker. I mean, I'm just. I'm just enjoying the bants, and sometimes yeah. when you're having some bants, you just need to. You, know. you got to lubricate the bants. Always exactly. drink responsibly, by the way. I thought this game was really a good game. Um, I, as a Freer supporter, was invested pretty heavily as well in wanting Carlton to win, and also a friend of Reese, uh, for his sake, wanting Carlton to win. Thanks, mate. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it, it might have been Gary Lyon, or was it, he might have been bringing up something someone else said, but someone after this game said it was basically everything that's good about football and that you love about football and everything that's like devastating about football and just kills the sport. It was like both ends of the spectrum where it's absolute. If you're a Collingwood person or you want Collingwood to win for whatever reason, you know, it's pure joy. It's, it's the clutch moment, the Elliot goal. So the way everything went, it's just like, you know, it's magic and you'd be absolutely elated. And it's all the sort of things that make you love the game. And if you're a, a Carlton supporter or you wanted Carlton to win, it's the exact opposite. It's, it's the pure devastation, the emotion of, you know, feeling like you had it won but never quite being comfortable and then thinking like oh surely not surely this isn't going to happen to us again like surely not it's not going to happen and then it does every team's been there and had a a loss like this obviously the stakes for this one were reasonably high because it was effectively an elimination final for Carlton Um, and obviously Collingwood had put them in the top four but it was a really good game there was good points to pick out I, I think in a way it was also and we maybe can speak on it in the season review for each team thing, but it was really like a small sample size of both teams, how their whole season went. Yeah. Like Carlton yeah. Carlton was a season of like quarters 
where in games they either had they have one really good quarter and be average, or they'd have three good quarters and have one average quarter. They were, they were a quarter to quarter kind of proposition where they could do anything. And then for Collingwood, it's been the close games, the late comebacks, the they switch modes and just play a different style when they're when they're down and under. It's almost the best situation for them to be. Well, we've got nothing to lose now. We may as well just go for it. And, you know, to kick the goals. It wasn't just the last goal. It was like a series of unfortunate events if you're a Carlton yeah. fan or brilliant events if you're calling it. The goal, the McCreary goal, it was like absolutely oh, wild. Jamie Elliott takes a ripping <laughs> hanger. Like, and there's the mistakes that were made. Like, it's been you know, severely, like, dissected to its the end of its life this week. I've seen heaps of stuff on, you know, positioning of players, guys not going at the right time. I saw one that was interesting as well. I can't remember who was bringing it up. Might have been on the couch. Um, on Fox footy, but they talked about just like the luck of the game and the, the very last play, uh, Scotty Pendlebury was basically just loitering in the forward 50 for Collingwood. And he's a midfield. He shouldn't have been there, but the ball had transitioned and he was just stuffed and he just thought like, no, nah, I'm not going to go. So he's actually made it being lazy in a way. I don't want to call it Pendlebury. He's a champ, but he's obviously just gassed completely. But it turns out that the ball comes out of there through whatever happens, like a bad kick inside 50. I think um, Maynard gets it and handballs it yeah. to uh, Dacos. And then, lo and behold, Pendlebury's in the middle by himself, not manned up because he's just stayed behind. Like his Carlton midfield opponent has obviously run forward, as he should, but Pendlebury's been left behind. That creates an outnumber. He marks it, and then you end up with um, Saad in a two-on-one against Elliot and... Uh, can't think of who the other Collingwood player yeah, was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it may have been Ginevan, maybe it wasn't. But Nobody, regardless, I I, I've never seen, like, Saad, he took it back to uh, an infamous bet that I had on involving Hawthorne one year where Luke Bruce just wouldn't sprint properly. <laughs> I thought Adam Saad is fast. I thought that was one of his main things. He went to be a fast player. I've never seen a fast guy run so slow. He had two or three times that last quarter. I was like, why aren't you running the, as fast as you can? But he obviously was gassed as well as everyone was at that point. Mm-hmm. And then Elliot keeps club. But that's that sort of thing. It's just luck's a fortune kind of thing. If Pendlebury's done something where it could have cost Collingwood the game. Like he didn't get back. Maybe his man marks it and kicks a point or a goal or anything. It changes the outcome. But instead, yeah. turns over, he ends up by himself. And that's just it's, footy. It's the cost of it accuracy as well because they kicked zero goals six in that last term, so they oh, had shocking. Their, they had chances to all they needed to kick was to kick one of them. Charlie Kerno, and yeah, I mean Charlie Kerno was. Uh, it wasn't just missing as well. It was like they rushed. They rushed him. When yeah. you got to understand, it's okay to take time off the clock sometimes and just settle, especially like it take you know really paying attention. But all they needed to do was draw even. So just to get an extra yeah. point here and there instead of getting nothing, like there was times where they made really, really poor decisions. But yeah, we'll there, there was a lot. There was, I mean, there was, there was, yeah. There, I mean, it, this is probably the best time to talk about those particular decisions yeah. instead of the the season review, particularly yeah. with this one. But um, yeah, there were there were a lot of. Was it Durden like, that had the one outside Durden, fifty? Durden had the one outside fifty where he just needed to hit up McKay, who was on a lead. Yeah, and instead popped it over his head and kicked it straight to a Collingwood yeah. player. Kerno had one, I think, where it was Durden that was open for like a 20-metre chip kick yep, and yep. instead he's kicked it he's, yeah. long and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there was another it. one, I think, on the on the other side of the ground and I think it was Oies. Um So they, they kicked Kick, it... They kicked one out on the full. Yeah, Doherty kicked it out on the full. Yeah, Doherty kicked it out on the full. They kicked it out, I think, it was either to Kerno and then Kerno to Mackay, and that was when probably about a couple of minutes left, and they should have been running time off the clock, and they did everything perfect until the wing, and then they kicked it back 
to Ollie's and then Ollie's just had like a really easy another chip and he just missed it. Mm. He he kicked it to the ground, which meant that they couldn't, you know, take time off yeah. the clock. They rushed. turned it over, they rushed it, they turned it over, it came back and then they kicked that goal to get in front. I believe it was that play. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the one that got them and got Collingwood yeah. in front. Um, but you don't really know his inaccuracy there could have been because he had a really bad owies he was running around yeah, with, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's it. So, um, yeah, so uh, there's a lot of things and, and they'll look at that and a lot of people talk about, you know, do they do like simulations and stuff and uh, you can't simulate that kind of stuff to be honest with you. It's just about... It's about it, well, all executing. teams practice like a save the game, win the game scenario. Like you're down by a goal or you're up by a goal with two minutes to go. Like what do you pressure, do? You cannot replicate but it. It's just, um, you, you've still got to be in the game and make the right decision at the time. So I, I, it was, it was Durden, wasn't it? He, I think in his mind, he was trying to make a save the game decision by instead of trying to hit a lead and potentially stuffing it, he's tried to kick long to the pocket thinking, okay, if we don't mark this, it'll be spoiled to throw in. We can lock it in our 50. That's the defensive yeah. thing to do instead of going central. Yeah. I think he's actually tried to make the defensive decision there, but that, he's just yeah. stuffed it because there was a... T- he's obviously got tunnel vision in his mind of like, I need to kick it long to the pocket so we get a stoppage or whatever. Yeah. He needed to just keep his head in the game and stay stay in the moment, which is something that, um, not to drag back to Freo, but like Justin Longby mentioned it, the, the Richmond game when uh, what's-his-face was having a shot and Michael Frederick smothered it and they said, oh, you know, how do you think about that? He's like, yeah. we're, we're pretty sure our players like, stay in the moment all the time, be be always aware. It's that sort of thing of like, don't get consumed in what you think I have to do because it's this time of game. Just just make the, the football play, you know. If, if you can still yep. hit a leading player and you can have a shot, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, it would have been better to hit up McKay and then let him have a, have a shot at goal. Because that's 30 seconds gone just on the... 30 seconds gone, you hit them high, you draw, you make finals. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. They'll learn heaps from it, though. Like, in some ways, they'll probably, you know, people talk about finals experience, they'll they'll probably learn more from this because not only, like, any close loss hurts, but a close loss that really cost you something hurts more. They'll probably learn more from this than if they'd won this game and then gone and got beat by, say, four goals next week in the finals. Not saying they would have, but if that's what happened... They probably would actually get more experience from this than, than playing a final and just getting beat. Yeah, sure. You know, routinely. If it'd be different if they obviously go on and win, which could happen. But yeah, that's yeah. the end of the season for them, unfortunately. Instead yeah. of that, or they just inherit the Richmond, Richmond curse of forever. Well, that's a guy I have Ninth on Facebook as Richmond supporter described what happened, and he's like, "That is the most Richmond thing Carlton has ever done." <laughs> <laughs> was what just happened? Sorry, the I'm um, grab another beverage. The yellow and black team. I meant the. Oh yes. Their curse. Damn Navy Blues. Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was definitely the biggest game of the round. Uh, We'll move on to St. Kilda and Sydney. Um, I think that game, uh, results-wise, went the way you thought. I would have thought Sydney would have... It was a bit closer. Yeah, would have given them a little bit more of a run. I I thought that was probably... Because Sydney had been in ripping form. Um. So, yeah, I mean, St. Kilda did pretty well to, to make a game of it and, you know, make a case for... Because I think, you know, as we said, like, they were vying for a possible, you know, top eight spot. I don't think... I think though, I think by this round they were eliminated mathematically already. I don't think it was possible for them anymore. 
Is that right? Nah. So so if they won, they would have been forty eight. But percentage wise, they probably yeah, they would they would have been they would have been able to. Yeah. yeah, they put in a pretty um, good performance. The Saints, they'd be disappointed with their year, but we'll discuss them in their review. Yeah, if if the you know obviously if the Carl you know Carlton went their way, if the Western Bulldogs you know went their way as well, even so, yeah, they still probably wouldn't have made it because Carlton were on forty eight. So yeah, um, yeah, they, their their percentage was really bad actually. Uh, St Kilda's, but because yeah, they're that, crap. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but Matt, oh, but Max King, Max King oh, actually actually himself. kicked goals and you know didn't kick points. So that's good on you, Maxi. Is I haven't been the biggest Max King supporter. I think he gets talked up and hyped. Well, I see uh, his potential because against the Dockers a few times I watched him play and he like he can mark a football. Mm. And then when he can kick like that, it's like, well, you can see why they're excited about it. But mm. obviously, <clears throat> the week before, not so good. But even so, like, it's one thing to, to see a bloke kick zero five 5 or something and, and have a go at him. Because I know, like, Nat Fife's been in that position before as well, where he's kicked zero five 5 or zero six 6 and people... But the fact is, to get 5 or 6 shots on goal as a key forward... That's half the battle already. Like a lot of yeah. players play forward for a whole game and don't get that many shots, you know? So it's something and they can all kick. Like it's a mental it's a mental thing, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like and I think it's the It reason, has to be when you kick go from that week to this week, it's gotta be mental. Yeah. Techniques obviously not flawed. The re- the reason why I'm I'm not super I mean, I think he's gonna be a superstar at some point, but I think it's frustrating to always hear about how good somebody can be and never actually see them do it. Part, um, of that's and prob- it. part of that's probably how they get affected mentally too. Imagine the expectation on him. Yeah, pressure. To kick. All, yeah, pressure. And then that's that like every kick head, comes yeah. down to it. He's probably just like yeah. in his head. Well, yeah. When no you coach. kick forward, you know you, you're probably going to get like 10 touches in the game. So you got to make use of them. Yeah, you've got to get bang for your buck sort of thing. So there is a lot more pressure. Whereas like a midfielder kicking the ball, they know, well, I've got 20 more of these coming. So... I'll just, you know, have a crack at it, see how I go. But, see, I mean, Sydney, uh, you know, on Sydney, they hit, they've hit they hit tremendous form at the end of the season, um, you know, finishing in the top four, third. I don't think, don't think anybody yeah, would, they have got probably had them, would, would have had them in the top four if you, at the start of the season. We're going to do hot topics of the year. Um, uh, I think we covered. Or are we just going to go to hot topic? <laughs> covered a fair few of them. Yeah, I think we got. I think we got a lot of the hot topics anyway. With like, what we got. All right, so let's let's have a let's have a touch on rules just quickly. I think one of the big ones, and this is what I touched on when I was talking about Paddy McCartan, is uh, the kind of head high, kind of protect the head at all costs attitude of the AFL or the stance that the AFL has kind of taken. And then there's a little bit of controversy around that, particularly with Jack Ginnivan and the way that he. Uh, plays for his free kicks in a way. I guess he he leans into the tackler, and there's an article on the website for you guys, yeahnarlook.com.au. Um, oh, he plugged himself. But also, <laughs> but also as it applies to the Patrick Cripps situation, where he was, um, you know, initially penalised and given a too much ban, and then was able to reverse that ban. Um, what what's what's your theory on it? I have a little bit of a I I have a hot take on head high contact that I want to mention but maybe you have something that you want to say first about it or you Paul I mean I think it's football is a contact sport so there's always going to be an element of danger 
and risk when it comes to uh, partaking. And that doesn't mean that you can't or you shouldn't take steps to try and minimize that risk where possible without affecting the integrity and the uh, the point of the game. Uh, you know, like part of what makes the game great is the contest and the physicality and that's why people choose to play it and choose not to play it compared to other sports because they enjoy that the physical aspect of it. Um, I think you're not going to get rid of head-high contact altogether. I think we are, in terms of like the tribunal and penalties and stuff, It's it does seem to be wildly linked into the outcome more than the action. Mm. I think, um, you know, and that that can relate in some ways to other things in life. Like, you know, if you're, if you're speeding and you get flashed by a speed camera, well, you get a speeding fine. But if you're speeding and a kid walks out in front of your car and you can't stop in time because you're speeding and you kill them, then you get more of a penalty for it. You don't just get a speeding fine. So it does relate to other parts of life. Like the outcome does is relevant to the the punishment rather than just the action but I think in the footy sense like it's really difficult like if you tackle someone and and you tackle them aggressively and they hit their head on the ground or you're going for the ball and and you make contact with their head and it's the exact same action but one player gets concussed because they've had a history of concussion or there's a player on the other side of them and they hit them or they hit the ground differently or something it is pretty harsh for one person to get like a two week suspension and one person to get none with with the Ginnivan and stuff, like you don't want to see players playing for free kicks in all sports. You don't want that. Like in in basketball, people get frustrated. Guys playing for fouls, like James Hart, James Harden and stuff, like baiting to get foul calls. But it's uh, kind of soccer, always going to happen too. Yeah, but it like is. It's part it also it's part game. of the game. It's a bit of a skill in a way. Um, like I know. I know Brent Harvey for his like all his talents. He was a bit of a pest in terms of like. Gaining fifties by like dropping the ball yeah, and claiming yeah. someone knocked yeah, it out, like exactly, just yeah. silly And the things. thing is, ultimately, it it tends to hurt the player anyway because once the umpires do wake up to it, they do tend to pay less. Like you look at someone like Michael Walters, who I think's toned it back in the in the back half of this year, but I think a big part of his uh, I don't want to say downturn, but like the parts of his career where he's been less effective or he's you know gone out of his prime a little bit has leaned more and more into trying to seek those high tackle free kicks and he's a bit more obvious about it than maybe Ginevan and others are and so umpires will wake up to it and he ends up missing out on just getting the ball because coming in he's thinking he's trying to draw a free kick one way yeah. or another rather than just winning I think the ball. That's the Ginevan wor- at least wins yeah. the ball first and then takes contact a la like a Joel Selwood or so it's more frustrating and drawn more attention with Ginevan because he's a forward and when he gets a free kick for it, it results it's in a shot pivotal. on goal. Whereas when Selwood gets it in the back 50 or it's in the center a, of the ground, it's like, okay, it's annoying, but it's not a guaranteed goal happening or a shot on goal. But the other thing is, it's like difficulty to umpire these things. Like they're just so, uh, like short of like removing a human from it at all and then just making like a robot umpire like in Secaucus, New Jersey, you know, like um, they're basically, it's just like, they're gonna. They're always gonna hear about these reputations of people like the whole Ginevan saga. Like I'm pretty sure he had, he had those weeks where he had high tackles like paid out because he was like yeah. pretty much playing for him. And no, then the following week, yeah. like they got called nothing on him, and like it's almost like people just started taking advantage of the fact that. And it's, I just think in the theory, like you you don't want to see people putting their body in harm's way that to that extent 
yeah. to like abuse the system. But also, if they do, it shouldn't be rewarded. But sometimes it's going to be because of the way it looks. Like it's they just need to a, clear up the rules. But it's the it, umpire. Like, it's, it's a hard it's one. Definitely. It's even harder yeah. now. This like now you've got to judge whose intent caused the high contact, and that's so difficult that's because more yeah. guys lower their weight for a variety of reasons. Like if you. I don't know if you've ever run like an agility test thing where you got to go around the cones, but like you you lower your body to get around the cones. So guys that are trying to change direction to get around someone, they they are going to lower their body a little bit. It's not always trying to draw but if you a look high at, tackle. And this is the uh, this is the issue, right? Is like if you took away the defenders, and you look at a lot of what Jack Ginevan does, and you took away the defenders and says do exactly what you do when you pick up the ball, he'd fall over. like he would literally just fall to the ground because of what he does as soon as he gets the ball he shifts all his weight towards the tackler so it's not like you know how when you do that agility test and you always touch the ground with your your opposite side hand right because you need to maintain balance balance. he would legitimately just fall to the ground and that's what it is right it's not really a football play he's not looking to get a handball free or he's not looking to turn around and snap at goal he's looking he has only one option and it works really well, but that's the only thing he's looking to do. And I think could, it's just a bad look. Could it not be though that the onus then gets put on the opposition players to read the scouting report, so to speak, and know when he picks the ball off the ground, he's looking to draw a high tackle. So yeah, keep so your arms out. It's, it's hard then because you don't want to like not yeah. tackle someone and then get free, but because you, you're giving them, you're almost giving them that split second to to make a play that's going to hurt your team and that's what it is is it's not every player does not every player does that yeah the very few players do it the way that jack ginevan does it yeah um but you got to know then when it's ginevan like because it's the same to go back to nba again it's like james harden there's been other guys that as well where like the the coach will instruct the team like if you're defending him just keep your hands behind your back almost so that you can't possibly get called for a foul. But you can't. So the only way you can, the only way you can coach against that is say you need somebody coming from the other side, which you can't. You can't do that. You can't yeah, prearrange. You that can't way. prearrange that, and then you just got to correct. But there's no guys. way. Yeah, there's no way to tackle him. You have to say if you see Jack Ginevan pick up the ball, you need to almost make him think you're there and then not be there. Yeah, so you know what I mean? So you, yeah. because, he's leading, because he's leading with my head, right? It's like if we were walking down the street and I headbutted you, is that your fault or my fault? <laughs> like that's my fault. I headbutted you. I can't go, you hit me in the head, right? True. So uh, that's the kind of, and that's where we have to do and I think the umpires have actually done it reasonably well. They have missed some where that were free kicks, that were blatant free kicks and should have been free kicks. But they've also gone, well, hang on, like you, like you said, they've gone, okay, this guy's trying to milk a few. Let's ease back and let's try and let's try and adjudicate it as best we can. The the other thing is though, as Adam said, with Jack Ginevan is that for them to like accommodate for his tactic of this, like which is smart, like he's he's abusing. A rule that exists, it's up to the AFL to adjust the rule or adjust the umpiring of said rule. But like, because it's in the forward 50, because he's a forward, for them to yeah, try, like, it's the pressure is on the defender to try and defend the ball in which way they, whichever way they can in a split second decision. It's up to the umpire to make a call on a split second decision. It's like all these split second decisions, like you can't necessarily 
expect the defender to be like, oh, it's specifically that blonde hair guy that's got it right now. Let's not tackle him effectively. He kicks a goal yeah, and you're not- like, why didn't you tackle him? Yeah. like, oh, because I was afraid I was going to give away let's a free not- kick. It's like, he's kind of, it's quite smart in the fact that he's yeah. like making let's people doubt him. themselves when he's uh, let's tackling Let's tackle him. this guy in a way that is counter to what we have learned the entirety of our football lives. Um, and that's, yeah, it's smart by him, like, definitely it also doesn't really help his case when he's like seen at training like practicing to but that's teaching other people yeah, how to draw free yeah, kicks yeah, like that was a bad that, thing. but the 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 other thing is that's what the what you were saying is what like the the afl greats that are on them in the media and stuff like you know like your david kings like your um you know your, your your gary lyons and all that is they say oh it's on the it's on the player to to tackle them properly but I think that shows how out of touch they are from the modern game. That they believe that they that they just expect players to just like make split second decisions that are counter to the way and like learning anything and being the top at the top level of anything, whether it's a sport or a job or whatever, is about learning how to do things repeat repeatedly and making them instinct. Because if if something is an instinct, that is the difference between winning and losing. Right, so if you don't make tackling somebody at waist height, right, or chest height, or whatever it is, that's instinct, right? That's where you tackle them because you need to wrap up their arms mm. to their chest. But this guy, you don't, you can't do that. You you have to tackle him from his ass. <laughs> like I don't even know how you do that. As he's leaning into you, you have to like kind of be parallel with him somehow like it doesn't make any sense there's no way to adjust to that action I think in fairness all this we'll probably move on from this topic yep but I think the um, the umpiring the adjustment after a couple weeks wasn't too bad like I didn't mind um, I can't remember who the the next game watched after the next Freo game but there was a few that like it probably should have been called as a high tackle and and it wasn't and there was a couple where the other way around, like it, they they called it as a high, but it shouldn't have been. But I think for the most part they adjusted okay, and I, I didn't mind that. You know, if a player is clearly seeking that contact, they let it go as long as the tackling player made efforts to, you know, as soon as they could, Try. reposition their arms into an appropriate position. There was like because the the bad one that was shown the week after was like Ginevan got tackled and the. The guy that tackled him just like absolutely ripped his head off and just pretty much like pile drive at him. Like he he held onto his neck the whole way to the ground. Yeah, and that should be a free kick. Like if you yeah, if he gets you with that first, if he ducks and that's the reason why you get him high, yeah, fair enough. But then you've got to move your arms. It becomes less of a high tackle and more of a dangerous tackle. You can't put it in a headlock after that. You know what I mean? So I think they got the balance right. I don't know what they're going to do next year. Yeah, I I think it's one of the things they at least look at. Um, and they'll, they'll probably release a statement regarding it, I think. Um, the other one was the Crips one, which I'll touch on quickly. And I think that you're either in two camps. You're either in, you thought that he was got, making a play on the ball or you think that that was a setup and he was going for the bump. I think it's very obvious by the footage and the photos that he was making a play on the ball and where his eyes were in particular. Um, so I think that if you think that he was going for a bump, I think you're wrong. Um, but maybe that's my bias showing. But I, mean, I also I, I looked at the footage just like out of context, just like saw this thing. I was like, rewatched it like that five seconds of clip, and I was like, oh, that didn't really seem like he had any intention of taking the guy's head off. It was just like yeah. incidental contact, like was making yeah. a play for the ball. 
And it's just another one of the outcomes kind of end people, up causing yeah. the repercussions. People like, don't understand the concept of peripheral vision. Somebody was, I think somebody when the tribunal actually gave him like the two weeks was like, oh, you you saw the, you were, you were running at the ball, but you saw him out of your peripheral vision. And I don't know if anybody's played football. I'm sure a lot of, if anybody's listening and we've obviously played some football, but your peripheral vision is not that good, especially when you're looking at the ball. You're taught as an AF, well, not as an AFL because I don't know, but are you taught as a footballer to have your eyes on the ball and that is your best chance at you know taking possession of it. If you're the one that has your eyes and focus on the ball, you are going to get it. So if there's somebody in your peripheral vision, you're not going to be paying much attention to them and you're probably not going to see them until it's too late. I think you know when someone's there side on because that's part of like, otherwise you'd be getting mowed down left and right. But I think, yeah, you're right. Like when you... But when you have there's a clear a white, when you have like, a clear run for the ball and there's nothing between you and the ball, which was, this was Cripps in yeah. Cripps's is there was nobody between him and the ball, so he had a straight yeah, line drive for the ball to the, to the ball. I yeah. think he I think he he knew there was a play coming there because he's sort of kind of he would have se- yeah. up, but it, it's obviously and this he is would the have thing seen it. But ones. you you expect that player like because that player has vision like he's facing you because he was coming uh, uh, Archie was coming towards Cripps right, so he should have the 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 awareness to know that you know I've got somebody coming you know yeah, whether it's the, a wasn't the ball or... coming from up behind so he's he's looking he's yeah yeah, Cripps yeah. Is so looking he's going like this but so he's got no yeah. he doesn't but he, know but, he but Cripps I don't think Cripps can identify Cripps can I identify a body out of his peripheral vision I don't think he can he can identify an eye line. I think you'd know someone's there like from playing like you, you sort of you have to know what's around like Sometimes and you see all the time in AFL like guys get caught out when they, they don't realize someone's there like it does happen. No, I mean but maybe, in that situation, maybe, maybe when I played football I had shitty peripheral vision. But I your always, vision's bad. My vision's pretty general. bad. <laughs> my vision's pretty bad. Anyway, shitty I, would, vision. I had peripheral vision. I could see yeah. people and yeah. I knew positions of people yeah. around me. But when I was going for the ball, that was all that was there. Yeah, I think like, um, he much more likely Cripps knew that. He was that Archie. I was think there, he knew then, contact was coming. Versa. Like he knew that there was someone <laughs> yeah. coming that way, but I don't think, and I think rarely ever is the case that an AFL player is thinking, "Oh, here's a good chance to lay someone out." Like they're yeah. never, yeah. they're very rare, very, very, very rarely ever thinking that. Like, yeah, maybe this is a good chance for a big tackle or a big maybe, hit, maybe or, back you know, in the day, star player like rubbing in a bit kind of thing. But you, they're never trying to actually yeah. hurt. Something. I think I think Crips's biggest mistake was that he didn't try and take the ball out in front, and he tried to take it on the chest. That was I, his biggest mistake, and that's why it ended up being a bump. He's just but, a bigger body as well. And I think yeah. yeah. I think the other thing is that Crips was already in the air when it kind of happened, from what I remember, and it kind of he just ended up being the bigger guy in the contest. Yeah, and he just like. Incidentally, what annoys me with these with these sort of ones is when the like when the player gets criticised, like the the one that gets suspended, let's say, because they're saying, "Oh, well, he's he's braced up for contact, so he's initiated that contact." Why is that a bad thing? But when (laughs) when you realise that you're going to collide with someone, what are you supposed to do? It's it's absolutely you can't just like. What are you going to do? Put your arms and legs out and just take the hit and put yourself. Yeah, you you obvi- flop- it's like yeah. you're obviously going you didn't to like. Go, you didn't go brace flop- up. You didn't go floppy, which is AFL standard rules. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go floppy in that situation. You're obviously going to brace up. That's just like a. Na- it's like a natural human reaction. Like if you're about to have a c- car accident and yeah. you realize the car's coming, like you turns up. It's just what people do. Yeah. On the footy field, you're going to brace up and try and protect yourself. That's natural. It's the difference between that and like lining someone up from meters away being in the bump position and and making yeah. contact. And so that's why that was my assessment of it is I think that he I think Cripps 
ran at the ball. And yeah, he may have seen Archie there in the peripherals, but I don't think he would have... It was ca- just an on-field collision. It was just a think, footy yeah. collision. That happens. I don't think he calculated the trajectory. And then I think he noticed, oh, Archie's actually coming up for the mark here at the last minute, braced while also trying yeah. to take the ball on his chest. And then it ended up being a bump. I think that's very dangerous when people go, oh, well, he was concussed, so he needs to get weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that's abso- that's absolute bullshit, and that's what I was saying about Paddy McCartan. I think Paddy McCartan's a guy that's probably going, you know what? Because the whole reason that we're we're so protective of the head is because of you know CTE and everything like that. I think Paddy McCartan's going, you know what? I'm probably getting the CTE no matter what at this point. Might as well just try and keep playing footy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what's the point? It's probably like a, an absolute inevitability, and I think at some point in time, the fo- like the AFL, and this is my hot take, I think needs to go. Hot take. I think they just need to go, well, you know what? Sometimes we're going to get concussions. And sometimes they're nobody's fault. Basically, sometimes they're the fact that Will it's... Will Smith from concussion. You know whose you know who's fault, you know yeah, who's fault the concussion name. is? It's the, <laughs> it's the game of AFL. Now, see, this is where the problem comes in. Just to... to one last thing, we'll move on from this. because, But the issue with that is that mums and probably also dads, but probably mainly mums are going to be like, no, I'm not going to let my child play AFL because I, it's too rough and I don't want him to get concussed. Which that happens pa- anyway. Parents say that anyway, you're right. But if people start coming out left, right and centre and they're brain dead at 45 or 50 and they're really suffering from this, it's going to, you know, they're not going to want to do it. Say, this, oh, that's part of the game. People get concussions a lot. Like if people do get concussions and they're going to, people get concussed playing soccer and probably tennis and all kinds of things as well, just on random yeah. times. It's obviously more likely in AFL. You're never going to get rid of it completely. But I think you still do have to try and take some steps Mm. to minimize it where you can because ultimately the game, like everything grows through children. They're our future. And uh, (laughs) you got to nourish them. But that's what it's about, like getting kids involved and stuff. And the kids wanting to play it, the next generation of players coming through. I just think think that making it about the outcome doesn't stop them from happening and it doesn't... I don't think it minimizes it. The collisions in footy are part of it. And that's also, it's the other side of the coin is that you're going to lose people if you take the physicality out of football completely because that's what makes the game what it is. That's what people enjoy about it. I know that's what I enjoy about playing. That's why it's not the same for me it's not the same to play basketball, even though I love basketball, as playing football because I enjoy the physical side of it. I like when you get the ball and someone's tackling you and they're trying to stop you from getting it out and you're trying to overpower and get your hands out and get, get the handball out or get the kick out, whatever. All that kind of stuff, I enjoy that. And a lot of people do. And when you're watching the game, I know people at the AFL is obsessed with scoring and all that kind of malarkey. Malarkey. But I enjoy a good old scrap. I enjoy when there's a, it's a con- contested sort of game. I enjoy when there's you know, lots of clearances and stoppages. Part of that is enjoyable to watch. Like even the Freo Richmond game this year was pretty ugly in some ways, but it was also like it was tight. It was contested. There's a lot of pressure and tackling. That's appealing too. And there's a lot of yep. people I think that actually enjoy that kind of footy where it's, it's a bit more gritty. Yep. So we can't lose that, but I also do think, yeah. Steps that have been taken, they're not all too bad. I think the way they, they umpired the Ginevan type thing was okay back after the year and the Crips yeah. side of thing. I just don't want to you, see... You I, don't want to suspend rub blokes out just for competing. For I'm still hung up on the uh, on the contact below the knees rule. Uh, that was, I think, an absolute knee-jerk reaction to one time one person broke <laughs> their leg. Yeah. Like somebody <laughs> broke their leg one time yeah. because somebody died, dived at their legs and now it's a rule and it's like... It, 
it was it would never have happened again. Holding, I don't want to start a discussion about it, but the holding the ball thing is also like just so erratic from year on year, game on nah, game. Yeah, I mean, so there's so many so often where it's just like you're literally discouraging players from being first to the ball. Like that's yes. what it should all be about. But you actually get penalised sometimes for winning the ball. It's t- it's turning into yeah. AFL Live yeah. where it, like you basically just hover around the, the ball until standing. someone just like grabs yeah. the, the tackle. Grab, yeah. yeah, and you see you do see instances where people uh, where where players are contesting for the ball but not really. Yeah, because one person want like not neither of them want to pick the ball up first, and they're all just like jostling for like a position to kind of. I don't even know what like <laughs> like I don't know what the end. There's no end game to it. Uh, you probably skip the media thing. Media, the media suck. I think, yeah, I think they suck. I think they've been. My my point on the media was that they've been particularly nasty this year. How long have we we been going for? Oh, like three hours. It's been great. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Two hours, fifty-five minutes. Maybe you can cut it and release it two episodes. Yeah, I can cut some stuff. Yeah. Just just cut it in half and release two episodes. We'll just edit it in post. That's what (laughs) we'll just edit it in post. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 So the um. Yeah, the media. Um. So. This this came about because I watched. Um, I had a bit more time this week. I watched some of the Fox Footy programming, and I watched 360, which I haven't watched in quite some time. And I saw <coughs> Robbo and Jared, as you always do on 360. Well, last year not so much, but um, and Robbo was extremely. Flustered. I feel like he's losing the plot a little. He bit. was extremely yeah. flustered, and obviously everyone knows that Robbo is an Essendon. Fan, Essendon yep. person. Tragic. He doesn't. I don't think he necessarily tries to hide it. Obviously, when you're in football media, there's like an expectation to be somewhat impartial. But also, you understand that people are in football media because they like football. So mm. they, you're obviously going to support a team. And he, you know, we know he goes fast. And then their current situation, he he just seemed in shambles. And him and Jared, there seemed like a bit of weird tension between them because I think it sounded like Jared had criticised him a little bit. I feel like Robbo is losing. The, he's, he's losing it a little bit. He's lo- he's losing his I, cool. He's taking things really personally, which I thought was weird for a media person who your job is criticizing people all the time, mm. and that you're going to take it personal because people are answering back. Like if you're going to be a journalist or a media person, and you're going to critique people, uh, make judgments and assessments on things that affect their livelihood. This is people's jobs and careers that you right about like to, to us it's sport but to them it's their job and their you know how they support their family and stuff you've got to be open to some pushback people are sometimes going to say no what you said in that article is wrong or criticize you you've got to be willing to take that on honestly i just think the whole like media thing like it's hard it's hard to deal with sometimes it's just everyone knows that like in terms of media like print media is on the way out it's clear like obviously these people that are on like you know, Robbo and Caro and all this sort of... They, it's like they start doing and saying outlandish things to one, promote, like, drama because that kind of sells papers or that sells, like... That gets views and sort of... As well as, like, they're just trying to create friction to get people to view, view these things. I'm just like... I actually sometimes think, like, how how much, like... How drama-free would footy be if there was no media? Like, it would just be... It would probably be like peaceful as hell, but mm. yeah, like it's just the whole like, and you always know that there's a certain bias from some of these journos. Like every single journal, you know, just about has their biases and 
all the commentators that you know that especially ones that have played for teams of their own yeah have their specific biases and like there was that time where i'm pretty sure according to david king like ross lyon could do no wrong and there was just like no matter what ross lyon did it was just it was it, it was a plan it was a part of, and he got he got fired basically and i was like it still seemed like he's like that's oh, probably part of his plan you know like <laughs> sure like yeah it's a, it's a bold strategy cut and let's see if it pays off i for think him. all the media like as i said they're all in it because they love footy, so they, they're obviously going to support a team. And I don't mind that. I think it's an easy job as well. But they try to act like they're not sometimes. Yeah. And I'd, I'd rather just, them just be honest just about accept it. Just accept it, yeah. And the, the only thing that I don't like is when the people who are affiliated or were affiliated with whatever club are then broadcasting or, you know, for yeah, that, on, on that team's yeah. games. And it's like, well, this is really... How can this be an unbiased broadcast when it's, you know, Geelong versus... St Kilda, and you've got Cameron Ling hmm. and Cam Mooney, Cam Mooney. and who are like whatever <laughs> former Geelong greats, just the entire like broadcasting like team. Playing yeah. Adelaide, at, at least Mark it, yeah, yeah, at yeah. least if it's like that, just like get a couple of guys from this like who are in. It's almost like you need dedicated people for each team. In I mean, the it's ridiculous. And if it's like a Geelong Hawthorne squad, just have Cameron Ling, Luke Hodge, yeah. and just say, look, guys. We know you guys are biased. Just go for it. Just we don't care. Biased. Press red for Ed Round basically all the time. Basically. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is that you've got Eddie Maguire, who was the president of Collingwood for however long, and he commentated, I don't know how many Collingwood games during that time. And it's like, he's literally still a part of this club. Same as James Brayshaw with North Melbourne and stuff. You've got people who are active members of these clubs, Dunstall and Hawthorne, Rashudo and Adelaide, and they're commentating on the games. And it's like, well... Also, can't they just be presidents of football clubs? Why do they have to be presidents of football clubs and, and commentators? Commentator, yeah. Why don't you give com- like actual commentators? Nah, some- they're regular ah, media. They're annoying. They what, what's the notes? The next thing? No, no, no. I, I did want to. I did want to keep talking about that because, like, um, I did. Nathan Buckley was probably my favorite person in the media this season. Yeah, I, I actually had a discussion with someone about media people and who we like, and I did say I quite like. I liked Buckley before he was with Collingwood. I think he, he got caught out stuff. a little bit. Like, like he he was still making that transition from mm. like coach to media, and I think he got caught. You can be out a bit defensive a couple of times with like being a little bit too coach and not enough media. Yeah, because yeah. I know when he was, when, was he was when he was like one of those guest coaches on three sixty when he was still a part of like he'd get a little bit defensive. Like I, I'm pretty yeah, sure he, he was, just yeah. hated Robbo. Yeah, because anytime Robbo say anything, he'd just be like shut it down or whatever. But even then, like he has. He's a pretty good player. He was a pretty good player. He was a pretty good coach. Apart, like relevant of getting fired, or whatever. But like, he has a he has a different take on every like. So it's the same as seeing like a, a player go from player to media. They have always got like a really good take on the game. Like they get quite like I know when Luke Hodge did a few of his like boundary riding kind of games. Like he'd have a really good take on things. And um, but yeah, it's just like. It's just good to see, like you just kind of want to see that kind of innocent. Everyone loves footy, sort of media take rather than the whole like I'm just here to create drama. I want yeah. to just like you want guys to just stuff. be real, like be real about it. Like we get you're a biased person yeah. about it. Who cares? Accept it. Go Game with it. Gangtorns is the worst. Oh yeah, literally <laughs> no, a lot of the former players, the the recent former players are pretty good. Yeah. Like I don't mind Nick Rewalt's okay on like Fox <laughs> Footy and stuff. Even Jonathan Brown is alright. Montan- like, Lee Montagna's good. Lee Montagna's good. No. Yeah, he's quite. Quite insightful, but yeah, like Kane Corns just he I think obviously he I think says he knows. things. Yeah, he's doing yeah. it on purpose. I don't think he's an idiot. Yeah, he purposely says things. But this is the thing: like we, clicks. you hold you hold players accountable for their actions. You hold umpires accountable for their actions. 
Like, can, can we get like a, a squad of media, and then at the end of the year when it's grand final, choose from the select squad that people all like? Yeah, all media. Australian, yeah. like, because like yeah, you know, Bruce McAvaney says some pretty dumb shit every now and then, but he was like, yeah, he was pretty. But he was a good. In all of like, it. He, he was a good. Him and Dennis Cometti, like, BT yeah, says good. some says some dumb shit every I now like and then. BT. But I think he makes it fun. Yeah, he's, he's uh, fun. Yeah, to he listen. says some stupid stuff as well, but he yeah, yeah he does. But he like has a little bit for, personality to him. For most of them, they're like they're pretty impartial to it. They're just the shot callers. They say like they're pretty. And then you got the ones that are just there for. They're just like as you said, presidents of clubs, and they're like there. And it's like, how can these guys really be impartial? And then you get the ones that are like you get the ones that are like impartial or they're trying to be so impartial that they end up coming across like really critical of the club that they actually support. And you're like, yeah. we've well, gone the other way. Yeah. Matthew Pavlich is a lot. Like yeah. Like he actually, year. especially yeah. he, he tried, it was like, he was trying to not be Docker's bias. So he was like extra critical. Also, they were horrible. That year. Also, he probably <laughs> knows a lot about them. So he's probably being extra critical because yeah. he expects better or whatever, but yeah. still like just, just accept it. Just say, look, Dockers are going to win. Just be yourself. <laughs> that was the big thing I had be was the, the commentary box in particular. And I think we've had this conversation a couple of times. And I remember round one, game one, and I texted you, Adam, like, why are there so many commentators? <laughs> because they had... Now, I can't remember I can't remember exactly who they had. I have to go back through the message history, which <laughs> might take me a little bit too long. But the they had like the... Uh, it, let's say James Brayshaw is like a play-by-play. I don't think it was James Brayshaw. I think it was mm. a Thursday night. I don't think he usually does Friday nights. Oh, but like Darcy, might have been like a, yeah, I can't remember. But then they had, um, and then they had like a, like I'm going to say BT. I don't think it was BT again, but I think that's the Friday night team. But yeah. And then they had uh, Daisy Pierce, who has copped a lot of flack this season, but I actually think she's quite good, particularly yeah. as like a, if you had her on the boundary or you had her as special comments, I think she's okay. Uh, but then they had, Matthew Richardson and I'm pretty sure Sean Burgoyne was there as well and so that's five people and Matthew Richardson I forgot he was there and then it was the second quarter and I was like trying to text Adam and I was like oh you know these are the these are the commentators that they have and I was like I'm pretty sure Matthew Richardson's here as well I think that makes five but then I hadn't heard him and so I went back and I started like this was a half time and I started like going through the game again. And I didn't hear Matthew Richardson until the 15 minute mark of the second quarter. <laughs> he had said nothing. And then like in the third quarter, the only thing that Sean Burgoyne had said was like something to do with Matthew Bonton, Matthew, Matthew Bonton <laughs> Marcus Bonton uh It's been a long podcast guys. Marcus Bonton injury. I'm, I'm here to say the dumb stuff. Reece. And that Jesus. was, and that was, that was about it. There was like, so you had so, two people there who, didn't need to be there because they added no yeah. value to the no, to the board. I mean, there needs, so they there just, should be two. All you should have is you should have your your play by play, your special comments, and, and a, a boundary, boundary rider yeah. that only speaks when spoken to. <laughs> do, not, do not come in. Do not come in here going. Okay, like, Rex oh, Hunt. Oh yeah, guys. Yeah, guys. Just yeah, it's yeah, it's me down on the boundary. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt your play by play, but we've just had an injury. Nobody cares about the injuries. Tell us later. <laughs> I want to know what's happening on the field at that time. If like, if 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 the the comment like you could do like behind like off camera or whatever, you go like, oh, somebody's got something to say, yeah, yeah. and then like so they throw to yeah, them. and then yeah. you throw to them. Yeah. But that was the thing that I like Daisy Pierce, but she always used to just butt in, like she'd yeah. always. As, as yeah, people said like she talks in, too yeah. much, and I was like, yeah, because she just like 
fucking verbal diarrheas and like tries to get it wrong, which is good. Sometimes she has good things to say, but a lot of them just like butt in. And I was like, you need to be throwing to that person and then get their opinions on it. I mean, realistically, like this podcast is kind of like a a microcosm of that. Yeah, it's like. You guys, are t- you guys are getting passionate about your teams. I'm just like, hey, fuck yeah. two, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm, special, I'm special. I'm special. I'm special comments. <laughs> like, hey guys, <laughs> Mark, uh, Michael, Michael Bontempelli is down there getting yeah. messed up. But like, obviously, when you got a shot caller and like an, a special comments, like, yeah, I just don't care. know why they have like those two extras. But you've also you've also got to probably realize that some of these people are just like they've done they've done what they've done for they've done what they did for like AFL and they're just being like molded into media and they're just like hey we got to find a job for him let's sit him in a box for an extended period of time and they can talk absolute crap or nothing at all and we'll just pay him regardless like who yeah. cares but I, I looked up uh yeah brenton speed because he had a really good call last week yeah. and i was like who was that that was a really really good like it was a play-by-play call um and it was like a i think like the ball was in some one team's forward line and it was like really like locked in and it was like that kind of game that you like that contested kind of scrappy kind of uh, play where like position possession was like bouncing around. I thought he did a really good job. Like nobody said, "Oh, good call, Speedy." You know how like sometimes yeah. like when there's like a, somebody go like, "Oh, good call." I was like, he, he did a really good call. So I kind of did it myself. Yeah. I was like, "Good call, Speedy." That was the really speedster. well done. Uh, because yeah, it was like a frantic play and he did a really good job. So shout outs to Brenton Speed. Speed man, Speed Demon. Right. I just I just find it funny also that every every single caller at all is just they keep trying for that next big like. Oh, yeah. oh, one last oh, one. They're like they're always like running out of breath. They could, oh, my no, favorite, that didn't pay yeah, off. My favorite thing is when they're like or they're like mid sentence on something else, and they're like they just yell whatever they're and saying. They're like, oh, no! That they just like because they just didn't know they, they were too late. Like it already happened. <laughs> just spread well, yeah, absolute dinner, gibberish. Richard, I'm thinking of having a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> what a mark! But yeah, I, I think like if there's one thing like I'm sick of, I'm sick of hearing. Uh, Jared Healy and like present times yeah. and <laughs> present. days at the office. And yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got a few catchphrases. And, you know, Dwayne, I mean, what was Dwayne, Ros- Dwayne, Dwayne Russell's day at the office. Du- I mean, Dwayne you got to keep Jared Healy around yeah. just so he can accidentally like mess up Gold Coast Suns a couple but of Jared, times. Just, Jared Healy just, just likes to start a sentence that he doesn't know how to finish. Yeah, he, he just, just gets going. He just starts writing the check. Has no idea he's what like, number right, he's going to put It's my time to it. talk. I'm going to just start this bad boy off, and hopefully a good point comes to me yeah. halfway through it. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully the camera doesn't end up around me, so they don't see how much I've got a, like a real bald spot right there. Like they <laughs> they think I've got a full head of sure, hair. Jokes on them. Make sure the camera <laughs> is properly placed. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. I think we're done with the media. Yeah. Yeah. That shit. We know this. All right, a um, little bit of a finals yeah. preview, uh, and then I the, think we can wrap her up. Oh Jesus! What are the matchups this week? Let's just do a tip tipperoo. Let's do a little bit of a little bit of a tipperoo. Let's go to the fixtures, shall Dokey we? Dokies. My round finals week week. Brisbane one. and Richmond at the Gabba Thursday, September first. I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tip Richmond for no reason. I reckon Richmond's gonna have an upset here. I think Brisbane's just. Falling off, they got no momentum. Yeah, twenty six. I was just saying, twenty six dollars to win the premiership of the Brisbane Lions. I think Richmond will which is run over. I think them. the highest odds of any team in the well, except maybe, oh, except <laughs> except maybe Bulldogs. I think. Um, but yeah, I thought that was quite surprising. You know, you'd almost kind of bet. I mean, gamble responsibly. 
responsibly. I think, oh yeah, Bulldogs is 31, but the, the next biggest is 26, the Brisbane wow, Lions. Richmond's so. paying 12 bucks. Ris- Richmond are, yeah, Richmond are paying 12 bucks. So. What's well, your tip, Paul? Richmond <laughs> yeah, or Brisbane? Richmond. The Gabba. Oh, Richmond. All right, next yep. one. Melbourne versus Sydney. Sure. Oh, geez, I like Sydney. Yeah, I'm going to tip but it's, Melbourne. it's at the MCG. No, Melbourne. I, I think I'm going to go Melbourne, but I would like to see Sydney win that. Yeah, I think it'd be a good game. but Yeah. yeah. I think Sydney will bounce back after the fact. So mm. I think Melbourne will beat so do you, Sydney. So you think they're they're not going to go out and straight straight have a, No, I think, they'll, I think they'll lose to Melbourne in the first round, but then they'll do what Sydney does best and just bounce back the next time. And I reckon they'll At end the up... the SCG. I reckon they'll end up in the grand final. Woo-wee. All righty. We're not um, up at that prediction yet. Just calm down. <laughs> Geelong versus Collingwood. At the G. At the G. Oh, oh geez. Well, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to go Geelong. Yeah, I'm going to go Geelong as well. I kind of want to make a bold call and just say that Collingwood are going to get, but Geelong or Geelong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think they're in too good to form. Too big. Um, and they're too, they're too experienced and stuff to... To have the old Collingwood come back get it. I think Collingwood I might have beat know. them during the year, but... Eh. Collingwood at Collingwood, so they'll probably end up winning by less than a goal as per it usual. It sucks for Geelong that it's not out there at whatever their stadium's called now. Is it GMHBA? GMHBA is like Skilled Stadium? Yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah they, they do get shafted like that, don't they? It's annoying. But, I was like, can yeah. we like just name stadiums like the where they are like mcg yeah. that's easy scg optus yeah. stadium should just be perth stadium they should just it's name- too hard when you change the it's 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 sponsored <laughs> and the sponsor changed I, over like four years ironically perth perth could be pcg it could be <laughs> it's just, just easy they should, they, should there, name, they, they just should name it the cattery and it just be <laughs> yeah. the ca- it just be the cattery yeah well, we could just we could have just called it the cattery i guess yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Dockers um, and the Bulldogs over here. I'm obviously going to tip the Dockers, but I, you know, it could go either way, really. I think the Dockers, yeah. I mean, you know what? I'm going to go Bulldogs. Because, <laughs> you know, screw you. Just starting a Fair fight. Enough. Just starting a fight All right. now. And uh, who do we think is going to be in the grand oh. final? Who do you think is going to win the premiership? And yeah. who's going to win the Norm Smith? Uh, yeah. Boy, he... oh boy. I, how does the yeah, yeah do get the ladder predictor because I don't actually know what the possibilities that's what I was going to say <laughs> I, I'm doing one of these on my phone that's why I'm just uh, changing shit wait where's the ladder predictor just click on ladder and then it should have predictor, oh, predictor. Yeah. alrighty so what do we reckon so we reckon we reckon Geelong we reckon yeah. Fremantle we reckon Richmond. I don't reckon Fremantle. Don't speak for me. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You've been you've been outvoted. Next round is let's go. Oh, Collingwood or Fremantle? All right. So who was who's Collingwood playing? Geelong. So the Dockers will play the loser. Did I do that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so Sydney. Sydney, I reckon, will beat Richmond. Got... Fremantle or, or Collingwood? Collingwood beat us. Earlier. See, I, I I put Collingwood because they're going to win a close game. I think you've been outvoted, Adam. Sorry. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Geelong, Sydney. I'm just going to go Geelong again. I so think. Geelong and Sydney can't meet in the grand final. Is yeah, that... that's what it looks like. Oh, it see, depends I... on results. It does it? depend. Yeah. So yeah, I put yeah. Sydney to beat Geelong there, just as a just as an upset of Sydney doing what Sydney do. All the experienced heads, but. Geelong have got you can outvote you there. can outvote me I think Geelong well this works for me I was going to say Geelong and Melbourne in the grand final yeah. and I think Geelong win 
And I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, Mitch Duncan wins the Norm Smith. Yeah, that's a good pick. I reckon Tyson Stengel with the Norm Smith. I was thinking about yeah. him, but yeah, he'd have to kick Ooh. a lot of goals. I mean, I reckon I'll pick Melbourne to win it, and I reckon for Cozzy Pickett. I reckon it's going to be like a yeah. I'm gonna go with like a Bailey Fritch oh, to just mate, to, yeah, it would be it'd be Jake fucking Melchin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Melky Bar Basically, kid. someone you'd love to hate. I reckon will get the Norm Smith. The like Melky a, Bar kid gets him every time. All right, all right. So we think Geelong, and we think Stengel, and you think Melbourne, and you think, well, I think Stengel. He thinks Mitch well, Duncan. See, I'm, I'm you think Melbourne a, and a Fritch, Jake Melchin. Only because he annoys me. <laughs> yeah, Jake Emotion also annoys me. You know what? I'm gonna ben go Brown. for. A, I'm going to go for another Petraka. Oh, he's going to go Just because... Yeah, like, I mean... If they get there, he's... You always, like, think, oh, it can't Clayton go this one, it's too obvious. But Oliver, it usually is. It usually is. I think it, I always think... My, my rule with Melbourne is, like, if I think... If I think Christian Petraka, it's probably Clayton Oliver. If you can mm. dream it, you can do it. Like, I think Clayton Oliver kind of... You forget about him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's got... But also, hair. if if Clayton, Oliver, if Clayton Oliver gets up there, I don't think Petraka will be too far behind. Like, they're just... They, they're quite good. Yeah. All right. We're wrapping Wait, so up. did you both pick Melbourne to win? No, no. I, well, I picked Geelong with Stengel. You picked okay. Geelong with Duncan, and he picked Melbourne with Petraka. Petraka I mean, and Brownlow. Brownlow. I hope Sydney you defeat Geelong. And I can't seem to get the Brownlow odds on my, up on my phone, but um, Brownlow odds. I did. I had a bet on Brayshaw, and it was paying money. So I just I I, I bet the paying money bought it out Crazy. or whatever. What's it called? We uh, paid out. Lockie Neal. Yeah. It didn't pay out. I, I um, Lockie Neal with three dollars cashed out. I cashed out. I didn't know Lockie Neal was out there. Lockie Neal with three dollars. Clayton Oliver with four. Andy Brayshaw six. Patrick Cripps six. Petraka eight. I reckon you look at that top four. I don't think Petraka's going to get it. Nah, I think Clayton Oliver. I think I'm thinking Bra- Brayshaw Oliver. was really good, especially in the first half of the year. He was good the whole year, but in terms of like standout three vote games there wasn't probably that many in the second half of the year and the only thing is whether or not Cripps's like start to the season holds him in good yeah. enough stead to like he's hold gonna off come the pack. home probably stronger but he has definite three in the last round as well yeah so I think yeah I think he gets the three I don't think Brayshaw sure will have enough in the last half of the year that's why I cashed out my bet I think he, he um he's definitely gonna be up there he would poll a lot early, but it just depends because Will Brody had some really good games. Sarong had some good ones. Um, Lockie Neal, like I'm not sure. I didn't watch that much Brisbane, so I yeah, don't I know. Didn't, I didn't expect I think him he to be missed that high. A, he missed a few games. And I, my like general feeling was that he hadn't had as good of a year. Yeah, that was mine as well. But he does poll, but he's, obviously. Yeah, he's Lockie Neal, so he always gets touches. And, and Oliver, I think you know him and him and Petrarca probably will share a few, true. might take some of each other, but I think Oliver's probably going to get it. I think yeah. this first half of the year he's gonna him and Brayshaw will be at the top, I think, at halfway. And then it's just a matter of if either of those can hold on from there. Well, I can't <laughs> believe Tom Hawkins is not there. I know. The Australian <sighs> captain. So I've gone Australian Oliver. Captain. Who did you go, Reese? I'm gonna go Crips because you know yeah. what? I'm gonna be biased. biased. Yeah, I'm I deserve not. it. Paul? I'm gonna just back Tom in Mitchell? my I'm gonna be back in my Norm Smith <laughs> medalist <laughs> and just go with Petraka, even <laughs> he's though he's like he's the down there. He's eight. He's eight dollars. You know what? It's worth a payout. There you go. Um, Okay, so we did our premier prediction. We did our Norm Smith, and we did our Brownlow. All right. Um, All right. Well, after a absolute marathon, 
of three hours that I'm going to cut down and we're going to do probably two podcasts. Maybe three episodes. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe even three. Um, it's been good to be back. It's been good to chat footy again with the boys. Mm. Um, hopefully we get a chance to do it again in the future. Maybe yeah. maybe a post-season, maybe you know, off-season. Maybe uh, when all our kids are like five years old. Yeah, we'll do, yeah. <laughs> we can do the grades yeah. for the teams again. Yeah, I reckon Another we do. I reckon we do. Oh, I reckon we do some off-season stuff, some trades, and some you know, talk about some some, oh, if I some of the juicy stuff. stuff. If I can't watch actual games, I'm definitely going to pay attention to trades. Oh, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> trade the 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 trade. If trade radio can sit there making up uh, making up absolute malarkey, I'm going to troll the forums. Yeah, troll the forums. That's what it's all about. Um, then then we can do it. Um, we can do it in a lot more entertaining a fashion, I think. Than Terry Wallace talking about that he's stumping up. I don't even think he's <laughs> also, on it anymore. I don't think he was on last year, podcast. Just remember while we're here as well, um, plug, plug, and also if if someone comments on whatever, just send us something. Adam's doing the TikTok of Colin Jasney, you remember? Yeah, you got to do Colin Jasney TikTok. Um, yeah, yeah, somebody just like contact us, hey, because like we don't know if people are listening. So, um, you know, We'll give you a shout out on the next episode or something like <laughs> in that. Five years time. In five years time. <laughs> uh, but no, 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 jump on to yenarlook.com.au. We are we are absolutely smashing the article. Wow, not really. We're trying to do something every week, but they're you know, good when they come out. We though. have lives, Jeez. so. But yeah, we'll um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep it updated. You'll either get a shout out or we'll just name one of our kids after you. Like, click it on depends the ads. What happens? Yeah, just <laughs> click yeah, those yeah. ads. But uh, yeah, yeah, click click those ads. Click those ads. I saw one for a karate. I saw one for a karate. Uh, for, for karate, learning karate. That's good. I was like, that doesn't seem like our demographic, but you never know. If you're a karate guy, click on the ad and say, make us some, like make us some ad revenue, please. Uh, but no, nah, it's been great uh, talking footy. And uh, as always, uh, to copyright, Jeez, keep, watch out. Keep well. Keep well.